Hey, welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. I'm your host, Bruce Waller, where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our community. What did they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there? And today I have another special guest as we are highlighting our HR Southwest Conference 2022 speakers. And this week we're talking to Victoria Person. Victoria is a, well, she's a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant for OutSolve. She's also a speaker for the 2022 HR Southwest Conference in October. She's certified with her SHRM CP. And Victoria, I'm so glad to have you on the show. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Okay, so for those who are listening right now, I'm looking behind Victoria, and she's got a Saints emblem on the back of her wall. I just got back from Sherm National Conference. That was absolutely fantastic. So you're a Saints fan, so you're from New Orleans. Let me ask you this. I was in New Orleans. Have you ever been to Fort Worth? As we're going to talk about the HR Southwest Conference. Um, does the airport count? <laughs> yes. I did get stuck there. Uh... Overnight one night uh, with a, some freeze situation. I, I did have to spend the night there, but um, not out and about. That's yet. funny. I'm, I'm making my, uh, I have a uh, bucket list to, to uh, visit all 50 states. And I have a couple of states where I was flew through and stopped at the airport. And I'm like, can I count those? Uh, that is so funny. Well, let me just say this before we get started. I visited New Orleans for Sherm 22. It was my first time in New Orleans. I went to so many different people and got so many wonderful recommendations. And it was absolutely one of my most amazing trips that I've had in a long time. Oh yeah. People visit here and decide to move here. That's, that's how <laughs> half of our population happens is they, they come to visit and decide to stay. I did the food tour. I did in uh, uh, French quarter. I did the garden district. I mean, mm -hmm. I did it all. Of course, so you got, you got off of Bourbon Street, it sounds I like. I did. I did. That's so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to talk about the HR Southwest Conference. We're going to talk about you, you your speaking. Uh, you're going to uh, speak about LGBTQ. Uh, and I want, I want to ask you, um, before we start talking about what you're going to be sharing at, at the conference, and I want to learn a little bit more about you. I would love to hear the Victoria Person story. Like, where did you grow up? I mean, did you grow up in New Orleans and, and how in the world did you get into consulting and, and uh, the work you're doing today? Yeah, thanks. Um, I did. I grew up here. Um, my parents are not from here. Uh, my dad's from Mississippi. My mom's from Pennsylvania, but we moved here to New Orleans with my two older brothers uh, when I was two. So I definitely consider New Orleans my home. I think we're all born with that fleur-de-lis somewhere tattooed on us. Um, it's just <laughs> part of part of what happens when you live here for, for that long. But no, I did not start out in diversity, equity, and inclusion. I didn't even know it was a thing until like the mid to late 2000s. Um, I studied broadcast journalism in oh. school. I, yeah, I wanted to be the next uh, Jane Pauley or Katie Couric, if you, if you know those names going back a little ways, but um, that, those were my idols. That was the vision I had for myself. But then uh, I started actually working in local news and it was depressing. It was uh, just bad news story after bad news story, 20 seconds on, and then on to the next one. And um, my, my tender heart couldn't, couldn't take all of that bad news. Um, but at the same time in New Orleans, the film production business was picking up and I, mm. I fell into that. 
I did a couple of movies here that led to me moving to Wilmington, North Carolina for about four years where I did some freelance film and TV work. That led me to a full-time job in Los Angeles. Um, so I moved across country uh, to work in film and TV out there. Very quickly realized it was not a, a good role for me. Um, the boss was not a, a good boss for, from my perspective. So I left the film industry altogether, moved to San Diego, um, and if, do you remember monster.com? Do you remember that I site? I absolutely do. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> I answered an ad on monster.com for a, uh, an energy company out there in San Diego as a, a marketing assistant, which I thought it would be just a couple of years till I found something that I really wanted to do because it was not energy. Um, but I ended up being with that company for 19 years. Mm. And uh, it was at that organization about midway through where they started a, a DEI. At that time, it was just a diversity council. Mm -hmm. um, and I was asked to join the diversity council. Uh, and when we started having those meetings and I was learning about unconscious bias and privilege, like my mind was just being blown at every single meeting. And I couldn't believe all these perspectives that I had never considered before in my, I didn't think it was that sheltered, but it turns out to be, I did not have that, that vast of a of experience. And um, I, I loved it. So I volunteered for a couple of years on that council that led to a full-time job in the diversity department. So I moved back to Los Angeles to work at that, that subsidiary there, um, eventually became manager of the DNI department. Um, then it was COVID and we were all working mm. from home and I was in this downtown LA overpriced loft, uh, feeling very separate from all the things that were important to me. Um, and as so many of us did, sort of reconsidering my life, what am I doing here? Uh, why am I in this, this position? And decided I wanted to be, be home, um, be, be in New Orleans, be close to my mom who just turned 80. Um, I have a brother here and his family. So I put out that sort of message to the universe and um, someone reached out to me over LinkedIn about this position I have now at Outsolve. And that is how I got to be a DEI consultant. And now here you are. It, you know, it's amazing uh, where we start and, and where we end up. Hey, let me ask you this. I, I see you also, you won. I, and one of the things I really enjoy about like having guests on the show is I start looking at their profiles and doing some research. I noticed that you won the YWCA Phenomenal Woman Award in 2015. Tell me about that. Oh, Bruce, um, this one I'm, I'm always a little embarrassed about uh, having on my resume because I think it came too early <laughs> in my career. Um, I hope to be phenomenal at some point to make a real impact on people and companies and communities, but maybe in 2015, it was a little premature. Um, I was at the time I was on the board of directors uh, at the Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, and I had some exposure in the community through that, um, but phenomenal. Uh, it's something I still aspire to be. Well, you sound uh, phenomenal as, as we talk about your, your journey here. And by the way, movies, I mean, how fantastic, like you're a movie star. No, I was not on the screen. I mean, my name was on the screen and my parents did uh, stand up in the theater as the credits rolled and uh, like my that. name came on the screen. There she is. Oh, I, is it I love that. By? 
I want I want to I want to talk about this uh, the HR Southwest Conference. Of course, it's coming up. It's going to be in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, it's going to be October the 16th through the 19th. I'm going to be putting the link in the show notes for anyone listening right now that or watching uh, that wants to uh, get registered. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about the conference, Learn, Network, and Grow. That is the theme of the conference. I've been attending the conference for about, oh man, gosh, I think around a little, about 15 years. And I'm super excited about it. It's one of my favorite conferences of the year. And you're going to be speaking uh, on LGBTQ, and your session is LGBTQ. Who are we and what do we want? And uh, I would love for you to just share a little bit about that session. Like, how did you come up with the, the name and, and what's that going to be all about for the listeners? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about the conference, too. Um, so, like I said, I've been in the DEI space for about 13 years. I've been an out gay person about 25 years. And I realized how much is still not known about LGBTQ people. Now, understandably, I mean, we're only from about, depending on which research you read, somewhere between 4 and 7% of the U.S. population identifying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as LGBTQ. So, it's not a giant group, but... If, and if you're not in large cities or, you know, have someone in your family who's LGBTQ, uh, there's not that big of community where you are, whatever it is, you may just not know, may not have run into people. When I came out to my mother, she didn't think she knew any gay people but Ellen DeGeneres. And, you know, at that time she was uh, well past, uh, you know, her half century mark. So, mm-hmm. But we are here, we are out here living our lives, we are having families, we are going to work. Um, And the non-LGBTQ people that we interact with, um, I think should know more about us because there's still stereotypes based on years of not so flattering representation that has been in the media, in books, in movies, in TV, and laws are being passed around the country to this day that stigmatize us and dehumanize us. And LGBTQ people are significantly more likely to be bullied and harassed and even physically harmed or killed uh, because of these misconceptions. So um, I just want to bring some awareness, shed some light and, you know, kind of a little tongue in cheek. Who are we and what do we want? Uh, you know, we're not so scary. We're, we're just normal people trying to do average everyday things like go to work. Listen, I appreciate you sharing this. I think this is an important topic. And and I think it's one that uh, the listeners right now want to hear more about. They want to learn more about and and how how we could all add value to to each other and continue to encourage each other uh, through through our journeys. I, I would love for you to just share like, you know, for someone that is thinking about attending Mm-hmm. Uh, your session and and man, I got to tell you, I'm man. These sessions are always so energizing to me because you know you get in a room and you start networking and you talk to different people, you meet with different people, you learn. Uh, there's so much. Uh, what could you share? Uh, you know, you don't have to share your whole presentation, but would you share maybe a couple of tips or or things? Let's just say a couple of uh, ideas uh, you might be sharing uh, in your session that might um, give some people some insight on when they attend your session, what you're gonna be, what you're gonna be sharing. Yeah, so, I mean, I talked, you know, a little bit about all of the misconceptions and then some of the the 
bad things that happen to LGBTQ mm -hmm. people, but most of the people I've encountered doing this work are not wishing to do us harm, right? Mm. They just don't know what they don't know. So mm. I like to see this session as kind of an LGBTQ 101 opportunity. Mm. Um, what I've noticed hangs a lot of well-meaning people up is terminology. Mm -hmm. Things like what's the difference between sexual orientation and gender identity or gender identity and gender expression? Um, what is cisgender? So, you know, why are people sharing their pronouns with me all of a sudden? It, it makes people nervous as, as things start to change and shift and they hear new words or see new things happening and they don't know why it's happening. And what does this mean for me? So I think when I can share that and people have a better understanding, um, they're not as overwhelmed or shy about interacting with LGBTQ people. So I'm just gonna share some about that terminology, some best practices, some of the words not to say anymore, because there are certainly, as language has, has evolved, there's things we don't say anymore um, because it's insensitive or insulting or you know, really inappropriate. Um, also for practitioners who, who have the ability to go back to their workplaces and plan initiatives and institute, you know, some process changes, I'll have things, you know, more holistically for the organization, things to make it a welcoming place for LGBTQ employees. Um, you know, there's, I don't know if you've heard, there's a labor shortage uh, going on. And if we want to be employers of choice, you know, we need to be attracting that wide range of talent. So that wide range includes LGBTQ people. Um, so we want to make sure that our, our workplaces are places that are going to be inviting and, you know, places that uh, everyone can come and do their best work and, and want to stay. Hey, you, you brought up pronouns. I would like to touch on that. I mean, that's kind of a new thing uh, that I see on LinkedIn. I see people starting to put pronouns on their page. Talk a little bit about the importance of pronouns and uh, your thoughts around that. When we talk about ourselves or other people, sometimes, Bruce, instead of saying your name, I would refer to you as he, right? Mm -hmm. um, you would refer to me as she, like she was on my podcast. So pronouns are important to people. They're, they're a part of our identity. When someone is either transgender or non-binary, meaning they don't, non-binary meaning they don't fit, um, feel they fit clearly into either the male or the female box, they don't want to check one of those two boxes, they feel something other than one of those two boxes, um, the pronouns become less clear. Mm. So the sharing of the pronouns, especially for that population, is for clarity to say, this is who I am. And if there's some confusion about my appearance or my name, you know, if the names a lot of times don't clearly indicate whether it's a male or female, I mean, Bruce is pretty obvious, Victoria is pretty obvious, but there could be a Chris or a Pat or, you mm. know, and all, new names that people aren't sure what, what pronouns to use. So the pronouns for everybody can help clarify. Hmm. Um, I myself have been misgendered uh, by people. You know, I, I have a, a shorter haircut. I wear a little bit more um, masculine clothes. Uh, if you could see my shoes, you would see that they, they come from the men's department. But I identify as a female. So when I introduce myself, uh, sometimes I will use my pronouns to say I'm Victoria Person. My pronouns are she and her. That's to help people, you know, hmm. be clear about who I am and to not go through that misgendering. When we have someone who's transgender or non-binary and it's less clear, this just helps clarify and keep them, um, help them be known a little better. 
And uh, we really want to make that effort to use the right pronouns um, because when we use the wrong ones, it's like I said, it's insulting, it's inappropriate. Imagine, think now about what your pronouns are. You know, Bruce, I'm going to guess you're, you didn't tell me, but I'm going to assume yours are he and him and his. Mm -hmm. If someone referred to you as she or her, it would be like, oh, that's not who I am. That's not how I identify. Hmm. So that's why we want to make that effort when people share their pronouns um, to use them. And when everyone starts to use them, uh, not just transgender or non-binary people, it takes the onus and the pressure off of that group to, if they're the only ones using their pronouns, then it's kind of like, look, that's a, a transgender person. If we all start to do it, it just sort of, you know, normalizes it for everybody and, and makes it less of a stigma to say, ah, that's our, our non-binary person over there. That's our transgender person over there. They're using their pronouns. If we all do it, um, then it's just more clear, I think, for people. Yeah, this is very helpful. I know that uh, the listeners and, and people watching are going to find this super helpful. I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, let, let me ask you this question. I mean, I know that you you've spoke to several different groups. You've been, you know, speaking for a while. Uh, what are some of the, I don't know, maybe when you are speaking, I, I know that uh, before we got on, you mentioned you've also spoken with Louisiana Sherm and some other uh, chapters. What, what are some things that you hear from people that they're, they come up and they say, hey, this, this was really helpful. This particular thing or this particular uh, topic that you, you talked about was helpful. A anything come to mind? Any stories? Uh, well, the, the pronouns one, just to circle back to that, yeah. has been huge because, like yeah. you said, it, it's become very um, it's much in the it's new it's it's in the ether now and yes. people are seeing it and they're unsure about it i had yes. a session and i was doing this in person um and i was taking people through the exercise of just turn to the person next to you and introduce yourself using your pronouns so you know imagine it's a big conference room everyone's at the big round tables <laughs> just turn to the person to your left say hey i'm victoria person my pronouns are she and her you know You've been in those sessions. You see the room start to, you know, be get loud, and get loud, get loud, and, <laughs> and chit chat, and people are doing it, and then other conversations start. And so when I bring the room back together, you know, try to debrief. How how was that for everybody? Oh, that was good. Oh, that was interesting. I'd never done that before. One guy raised his hand, um, and he said, "I couldn't do it." And I was like, "Well, tell me more about that." He said, "I, it just doesn't." make sense to me. I don't know why I would share my pronouns with anybody. So I told him a, a lot about what I had just said to you earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and I tried it again. I said, okay, we're going to, we're going to practice again. And I went up to him and I said, hi, I'm Victoria person. My pronouns are she and her. And it took a couple of times and he just, it like the words wouldn't come out of his mouth until finally, like the third time I did it, he, uh, I don't know if it was he finally got it or he just wanted me to take the spotlight off of him <laughs> but he finally was able to do it and, and to share his pronouns and he came up to me afterwards and um i said i hope you know i hope that was okay that it, it seemed like you were willing to interact he said yeah and he said um what i understood from that finally um he said because i'm an immigrant uh, i i came from india and mm -hmm. i remember coming to um america and so much being new and hard to understand, people, Americans would slow down and either speak slower or take time to explain something to me. 
And I realized they weren't doing that for themselves. They were doing that for me. Um, and he said, what you helped me to understand is the sharing of my pronouns is not for me. I'm doing it for other people. I'm doing it for the non-binary people around or the trans people or to just show that I'm an inclusive person. Um, so he doesn't get any benefit out of sharing his pronouns, but as we are all humans and hopefully care about our effect on other people and want people around us to feel good and feel included and feel welcome, it's just a little thing that costs us nothing mm -hmm. to, to share a pronoun. And yeah. so the fact that he was able to relate that to his own experience when he thought it was so different that he couldn't even say the words, um, I thought was a, a real, I mean, those, those sorts of things mm. uh, make me really appreciative that I had this opportunity. I, I honestly, I have chills. You sharing that story because you know, that that's really what it's all about, especially when you're a speaker, right. And you're able to move people's hearts and, and inspire people and, and get people engaged like that. Um, hey, I, I'm, uh, I, I, I would like to hear more about your story though. And uh, because you, you know, I mean, you talked about you know, the different uh, roles you, you took, you know, from the movies, North Carolina, LA, and then you become, you know, a leader of diversity. How about you? How hard was that for you? And, and what do you find you sharing your story? How does that help others as well? Would you mind sharing that? Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks, Bruce. When I joined that, that company out in uh, San Diego, that energy company, Mm -hmm. um, this was in the early 2000s, and I, I didn't come out right away. I wasn't sure how open the organization was. You know, San Diego can be a, a conservative town, and it mm -hmm. was energy, so it's a, a, a very buttoned-up um, organization. So um, I would refer to my quote-unquote roommate. Um, and when we had a, I joined in October, we had a Christmas party and that's how long ago it was. We still called it a Christmas party, not a holiday <laughs> party, but okay. when we, we had our Christmas party and, um, we could bring our, you know, spouses, partners, what have you. I brought my quote unquote roommate and I okay. explained to, to her, like, here's the situation we're going as roommates. Okay. Okay, fine. Um, and as we walked up to the, the room of the party, the, you know, the big room decked out with the giant tree and, and everything at the Hotel Del Coronado, beautiful place. The leadership, there were a couple of leaders of the company standing at the doorway. And uh, one of the VPs said to us, what a lovely couple. And it was at that moment that like this <laughs> sort of weight was lifted off me to realize, okay, I don't have to keep up a pretense. If one of the leaders of the company is going to acknowledge that you know I'm gay and it's okay. Um, I went back to work just feeling so much better and such mm. a relief. And what happens is I I was better able to focus on my job. You know I didn't have to worry about when people were telling stories about what they did over the weekend or on vacation. I didn't have to change the pronouns or you know, not tell anything that would make it seem too weird that I was doing with a, you know, a roommate, <laughs> you know, like, oh, why'd you meet your roommate's family? That's weird. Um, it just allowed me to take all of that energy wasted over there to put it towards work, to put it towards being a better employee, to put it towards being my better self. Um, and that's why I think when people say, why are you bring this up at work? It doesn't have anything to do with work. Mm. That's not the point. It's the covering of it. Mm. It's the 
um, being afraid of somebody finding out about it that detracts from me being able to do my best and be my best person. So if you've got a percentage of your workforce and it's not just LGBTQ that people cover, it could be things around their gender. If a, a woman doesn't wanna be seen as known as a mother because, oh, that means she's not committed to her job or you know, a, a father, a, a man has concerns about his age and he doesn't want people to know, you know, mm. how old he really is. And so he obfuscates a little bit on that. When you put all that energy towards covering stuff, you're not getting the best self. You're not being your best self. And so that's why I work so hard to have inclusive workplaces, just because it, it helps everybody do their best. That's incredible. I appreciate you sharing that story. Um, I was thinking about, as you were sharing that, how that leadership, the person in leadership, how he was able to just by that one generous comment, that one incredibly kind comment, just lifted you up and, and, and encouraged you in, in a way that nobody can even probably even understand mm -hmm. and how we all as leaders can do that. Yeah, we... Um someone said to me, you're known by the tracks that you leave. You know, I, I think sometimes we go through just sort of blustering through our day, checking things off our list, mm. um, feeling like we're achieving things. Um, but I like the idea of thinking, what am, what am I leaving behind me? Who have I touched, hopefully inspired in some way? And so whenever I get to lead a, a you know, an educational session or a training or speak at some um, event like the conference coming up in Fort Worth. Um, I, I see it as really throwing a, a little pebble into a pond, right? Mm. And, you know, hopefully that's having little ripple effects and somebody listening or, or sitting in that audience takes something that I've said and takes it back to their workplace or their family or their community and throws another pebble. And all these ripples, um, hopefully, is creating more inclusion and more equity and um, workplaces and communities and homes where everyone feels like they belong. That's fantastic. Uh, LGBTQ, we're going to hear from Victoria Person uh, in Fort Worth, October the 16th to the 19th. Be sure and register for the HR Southwest Conference. And when you do, uh, definitely attend our session. I'm going to be putting all the links in the show notes. Hey, Victoria, I, I want to ask you uh, uh, one question uh, before we shift over to kind of the last segment of the show. And that is, uh, I always like to ask for my guests who are in these, you know, leadership roles, you know, you're a leader, you, you know, you're leading a movement is what you do. You're doing. Have you ever been given any advice that, yeah, it could be early in your career, mid career, late career. It was just so good that you just often find yourself sharing that with others. I don't know who shared it with me. I don't know where the, this, this seed or was planted or this pebble was thrown, but I, do this all the time and I share it with others is to set an intention before mm. whether it's before a conversation like we're having I did it before we started talking um, whether it's you know before I speak at a conference or lead a, a even just lead a training that I, I do dozens of times uh, you know a month um, if I take a few seconds in my head just to be clear about what I want the outcome to be 
what I want the listeners to experience, to take away. I feel that it calms me that, um, that I get better outcomes because it really focuses me and, and just helps me know why I'm there, know my why. Uh, I think whatever significant thing that we're embarking on, we've got to know our why. Otherwise, we can get pulled off in, in so many directions. But um, I think for me, it's, it's setting that intention uh, has really served me well. Exactly. Love that. Love that. Hey, I want to, uh, I want to uh, shift over to the final uh, part of the show. I call it, it's time to accelerate. Just have some fun questions as, as we kind of wrap up here. And the first question I always like to ask is what's your favorite city? I mean, you talked a little bit about California. You've talked about New Orleans. We're going to be in Fort Worth around. What's your, what's your favorite city to visit? Do you want me to say it's Fort Worth? <laughs> I want you to say your favorite city, but yes, if you want to say Fort Worth, that's going to add. Uh, <laughs> that's the clip that you're going to like. Even, no, it's promo. no, absolutely. Which Fort Worth is great. I love Fort Worth as well. Well, uh, similarly, you know, when I was away for from New Orleans for 24 years, New Orleans was my favorite city mm. to, to come visit. But now that I'm back, um, it's just wherever I have friends to visit or, or theater to go see. I, I love live theater. So um, New York, Chicago, uh, San Diego, where I've still got a bunch of great friends, Palm Springs. Um, those are some of my highlights. You're, you're naming all my favorites too. I love all those. Uh, my brother lives in San Diego, California. And so uh, is it Del Coronado? You mentioned Del, yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. It Gorgeous. is so fantastic. But of course, Fort Worth, the Sundance Square, we're going to be there October the 16th through the 19th. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, let me ask you this. It, now, is this your first time speaking at the conference? First time at HR Southwest. Okay. Okay. Oh, are you in for a treat? Hey, let me ask you this. What are you look, most looking forward to for the HR Southwest conference? Um, probably the same thing I like about all the conferences I attend, which is getting to interact and learn from the other attendees. Um, when I hear what other people are experiencing, what they've tried, you know, at their workplaces, it's inspirational to me to go, oh yeah, I, that, that sounds like that would work or I've heard of something similar, or I could uh, take that back. So a little bit of um, just getting great minds in the room and, and meeting new people and, and learning from them. I think, um, I mean, the sessions of course always have good information but getting to sit next to someone or across from someone and uh, learn from, from someone also in the trenches, I find that really helpful. Oh, no question. That's why I love the theme, learn, network, and grow, because that's really what it's all about. Okay, this is my last question I have for the show today. Uh, I, man, this has been such a, a fun time. Victoria, 10 years older, is knocking at your front door, and mm -hmm. you are going to go answer that door. Mm -hmm. What is she going to tell you? Probably something about not stressing out so much, not... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm hoping in 10 years from now, I will have um, my priorities in, in such a place that I don't sweat the small stuff as mm -hmm. much. And then maybe not to eat all my lunches at my desk. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> I love that. This has been so much fun. I cannot wait to uh, see you in Fort Worth. Again, the HR Southwest Conference is coming to Fort Worth October the 16th through the 19th. I'm going to have a link in the show notes. You can register at hrsouthwest.org. And of course, uh, conference director this year is Shirley Johnson. 
Uh, everything is powered by Dallas HR. It's just going to be a fun, fun time. It's the Texas Sherm State Conference, and and uh, we're we're expecting a lot of people and uh, a lot of energy, a lot of learning, networking, and growing. So, hey, if someone uh, heard something today, Victoria, that said, you know what, I, I learned something here. I, I want to learn more. I, I I'd like to connect with Victoria. How is the best way for them to connect? Probably LinkedIn. Okay. Um, and I am Victoria Person, Sherm CP is I think my full LinkedIn handle. So yeah, you can find me there. Well, I appreciate you coming onto the show and just sharing your wisdom, your perspective. The, the uh, session you're going to be talking about is LGBTQ and who are we and what do we want? It's going to be a great session. Be sure and check out Victoria's session at the HR Southwest Conference. And again, thank you for coming on and sharing today. And I can't wait to see you in Fort Worth. Thank you, Bruce. This was great, great fun. Appreciate it. Awesome. I'll talk to you later. Okay.